uh, is um, it's a Canadian ad, by the way. Who, who would have thought, you know, Canadians and sense of humour? Sorry, guys. Um, uh, <laughs> the, uh, I love the, the, the wink and then the hit me when he's on 20 and he's got, you know, playing 21. All right. Well, friends, um, we're talking about decision-making today and so uh, we're going to continue on in, in the book of Proverbs. Let's, um, let's pray and ask God to help us uh, hear his word and put it into practice. Father, we do thank you for your goodness and your mercy to us. Thank you, God, that you're a God who speaks and uh, your word may it be clear to us in our hearts and may we, may we indeed store it up and, uh, and, as Jesus said, put it into practice. Thank you for your kindness to us in the Lord Jesus. Amen. If you want to get your um, Bibles open, but turn them open to uh, chapter, uh, chapter 2 of Proverbs. And I'm going to have a lot of uh, verses up on the screen as well. But if you have your Bible open to chapter 2 and later on to chapter 16, that'll be uh, helpful. And if you want to grab the outline, uh, the outline's in your uh, bulletin you got when you came in, that's very helpful too. Well, what, what sort of decision maker are you? Uh, there are... there. There are different types of decision makers. Aren't there? There's some who, are, who are, some of us who do it very well, um, and there are some who don't do it so well. Maybe that video highlighted those types of people. There's the procrastinator, you know, the procrastinator who makes, who tries to make decisions. Let's let's put it off. Uh, maybe maybe that's you. Um, you do everything else but make the decision. So you you go by the rule. Tomorrow is the tomorrow is the best time you have to do everything that you plan to do today. That's, that's the way you live your life. That's okay. There you go. You're a bit of a procrastinator. There's the too early, the premature decision maker. Just rush on in and you, you, you want to tick the, uh, the box off, get it done, the too early. Then there's the, the paralysed, which we, we, uh, we hold off and we hold off. We, we wait for that perfect environment. And everything has to be perfect to make a decision. I do like this little, little uh, line here. It says, let's hold off making a decision until we have even more information that we don't really need. Um, maybe that's you. The, the paralysed. Now, of course, there's problems with all three, aren't there? There's uh, failing, uh, to, failing to plan, uh, failing to act, or too much planning, or maybe just simply uh, too lazy, uh, simply lazy. This is what one author wrote. He said, some Christians need encouragement to think before they act, and others need encouragement to act before they think. Just make a decision. Whatever the case, making decisions needs wisdom. And Proverbs tells us plainly that wisdom and decision-making are inextricably linked. They go together. So today we're going to ask, how do we, how do we get wisdom to make good decisions and avoid those uh, I've been a fool moments? I'll give you a moment to have a look at that, just because it's fun. There you go. I hope you can see that that's not a real zebra. Um, Good decision-making needs wisdom. So where do we get such wisdom? Well, let's turn open to Proverbs chapter 2. I've got the first six verses up on the screen. It's because we're going to focus on the first three uh, later on. But I'm going to give you a bit of a taste and we'll talk through the first, uh, the whole chapter as well. See, it, it, this chapter, Proverbs chapter 2, has this if-and-then construction. Uh, if you do this, then you get wisdom. So verse 1, if you accept my words... And if you call out for insight, see that in verse 3? Uh, if you look for wisdom, look at that in verse 4, look, look for wisdom as for silver, 
Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. We talked about that last week, verse 5. And then you'll understand what is right and just and fair. See that in verse 9. So verses 5 to 11 of this chapter 2 show us everything uh, you have when you get wisdom. So understanding and knowledge, verses 5 and 6. Protection, verse 8. A good path, verse 9. But just as important, having wisdom keeps you from real dangers. So the second half of the chapter. Wisdom keeps you from wicked men, verse 12. Wisdom keeps you from dark ways, verse 13. Crooked paths, verse 15. An adulterous woman with her seductive speech, verse 16. Wisdom is the path of righteousness, verse 20. While foolishness is the path of death, verses 18 to 19. So how do we get this wisdom? How do we get this valuable wisdom? Well, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 to 3 uh, shows us three ways. And I've got them there in your outline. Um, no surprises today. They're all there. The first one says, store up my commands within you. So the first way to get wisdom so that we make good decisions is that we store up God's commands. Friends, we read our Bibles. We know our Bibles. Now, now, now we don't uh, read out of context. We don't just open our Bible up and flick through the pages and close our eyes and plonk our finger down. Uh, there's a classic Christian churchy type joke that I can't resist telling you. It's the man who, um, who did just that. He was hoping to get a word from the Lord. And so he uh, turned his Bible and closed his eyes and plonked his finger down. And he opened up at Matthew 27, verse 5, which says, uh, which, which says Judas went out and hanged himself. Now, he wasn't very happy with that word for the day. And so the man flipped open and closed his eyes and flipped through his Bible again and closed his eyes, plonked his finger down. And he opened up to Luke 10, verse 37, which says, And Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Um, <laughs> it's not how we read the Bible, is it? It's not very helpful. Um, God's word is, is living and active. God speaks to us through it in the Bible. When we read the Bible, we hear from God with a confidence. We, we, we hear from God with a confidence that we find in no other book and no other voice. Friends, God's word is always relevant. And do you know why it's always relevant? It's always relevant because it's God's word. That's why it's always relevant. It always speaks to us because God speaks to us through it. And so 2 Timothy chapter 1 tells us that in the Bible we have all we need for life and godliness. Uh, we can read the Bible knowing that this is what the Holy Spirit says. And as we read and think and, and study and, and digest the scriptures, as uh, 2 Timothy 3.15 says, we will become wise for salvation. But the Bible's not a recipe book, is it? It's not a step-by-step -step list of instructions to follow in all of life's circumstances. So you won't find explicit details in the Bible of um, how do I buy a house? How do I be wise about buying a house? Um, or what career should I take? Or what, what, what church should I go to? Or how, do I drive, how, do I, how should I drive my car? You won't find that in the Bible, will we? No, it's... What God actually wants, what we read in his word, is transformation. A transformation of our hearts. Not, not external obedience, so to speak. Not just that. Not merely that. He wants us to know him so intimately that his thoughts become our thoughts and his ways become our ways. His affections, our affections. What, what he loves, we love. What he hates, we hate. 
Our, our wills shaped by God's will. Now, if we look at Romans, Romans 12 will be up on the screen. This is the kind of spiritual transformation that God desires. What ought to shape our decision making? So Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as, li- as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing renewal of your mind, so that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You notice there's three commands there about doing the will of God. The first is present your bodies as living sacrifices. We don't give God the leftovers. We give him everything in our lives. Uh, we, be, do, not be, do not conform to the world and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, if we do these three things, it's another if and then, then we'll be able to discern what God's will is, his good and perfect, acceptable will. <coughs> do you see what it means to do God's will? There it is. We offer ourselves to him, we turn from the ways of the world, and we be transformed. Now, there's wisdom. That's wisdom. Now, when it comes to decision-making, we, we, uh, Christians can sometimes get a bit confused and even troubled by trying to work out, well, am I doing God's will? Is this God's will for my life? Perhaps we might even wait for a sign to confirm that this is the direction that God wants us to go. Or we're happier when we get a sign after we've done something. Going this, is, this direction is God's will, but deciding to go this way, well, that isn't. But God's much more, God is much more gracious and kind than that. He's not some sneaky God trying to hide his will from us. No, God tells us plainly. And then he says, go and make decisions. Here's my will. Go and make decisions. We see it in Romans 12. God's will for us is clear. We see it in 1 Thessalonians 4. God's will is to live holy, set-apart lives. We see it in 1 Thessalonians 5. God's will is to rejoice and pray and give thanks. Uh, Colossians 1.9. God's will is to be known so that we can bear fruit and know him. Uh, Ephesians 5.17. The will of God is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's, there's the will of God. So put it simply, uh, God's will is for your growth in Christ-likeness. That's God's will for your life. Transformed to be more like Jesus. And to do this, well, we need to to drink and to swallow and to digest the word of God. We need to store up his commands within us. Store up his commands within us. Now, some of you know that I'm I'm a bit of a coffee snob. Um, Now, don't shake your head at me because I know there's a number of you in this room who are like me. I don't want to stare at you, but you know who you are. You're like me as well. There's a few coffee snobs around. I'm a bit particular about my coffee. We know that Nescafe is not coffee, it's a hot drink. Um, So over time, and many cups, I've I've developed my taste buds so I know goodness. So that I can tell the quality of coffee. I know it well, I know how it's been made, I, I know the beans that have been used, I can taste it, I can, I can tell you what type of milk, that type of thing. I can tell whether, when I've got cheaper coffee, when we've been to Audi, you know, when that's in the machine. Um, I, not that there's anything against Audi. 
I have uh, developed such a taste for good coffee that I'm that if I'm not confident, well, I'll ask for tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think about that for a moment. Please don't go too far with that. Um, see, that's what we are to be. That's what we are to be with the Word of God. We must drink it and swallow it and digest it so regularly that over time we develop a taste for quality, you know, for, good, for godliness, for Christ-likeness, and we accept nothing less. That's wisdom, the Bible says. We store up his commands within us. That's wisdom. So those that are wise, they read and memorise scripture. That's what they do. They love to hear it read. They love it. Those that are wise love to hear it taught. They listen carefully. And those that are wise uh, love to hear it sung. But the wise also know that you need to read the Bible in community, as the Bible tells us. You need to listen to what other Bible-believing Christians are saying. So the second way to get wisdom, we're going to speed up a bit now here, is that if we want to make wise decisions, well, we seek advice, good advice and wise counsel from others. So it's a point two on the outline there, but we are going to speed up a little bit. Listen to sound advice, turning your ear to wisdom, turning your ear to wisdom. Verse two of chapter 16. Let me read a few Proverbs too. Proverbs 1 verse 5. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance. Uh, 11 verse 14. Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But an abundance of counsellors, there is safety. Uh, 12 verse 15. The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. 15 verse 22. Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisers, they succeed. 19 verse 20. Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Two things worth pointing out. When we think about um, listening to sound advice, uh, turning your ear to wisdom, the first is teachability. See, are, are you someone who's willing to change your mind when another person's case is more, has more merit than yours? Uh, are you able to take on good advice? Are you able to say, oh, you know, I didn't think of that. That's a good idea. Let's go with that instead. You're that sort of person. Or are you, you say, uh, you know what, I see your point. That's a really good point. Let's go that way instead. A teachability. 1 verse 5, Proverbs 1 verse 5 says, Wisdom is about increasing in learning. No matter what age we're at. Knowing that you don't know everything. Many of our decisions um, will, as... Uh, you know, I've plugged this book numerous times before. Guidance in the Voice of God. Best Christian book I've ever read. You know that. Um, in fact, I believe we have some on sale this week. We do. How about that? See, Brooke, she brought, brought some from Anglicare. Such a good book on guidance, decision-making. If you haven't read it, you ought to read it. I've got one other one to plug today as well. But Guidance in the Voice of God, uh, Philip Jensen and Tony Payne wrote it. They, they, they tell us, that, and, and rightly, that many of our decisions are matters of righteousness. So, should I lie? Well, no, I shouldn't lie. That's a matter of righteousness. The Bible's pretty clear. I don't give false testimony. It's a Ten Commandments. I don't lie. Should I go and have, a, have an affair? No, I shouldn't go and have an affair. It's, it's pretty, the Bible's very clear. I, it's a matter of righteousness. Usually those type of things I can work out by myself. 
Sometimes I might talk to others about it, but most of the time I'm, I'm okay to work that out. But some of our decisions, as, um, as uh, Tony Payne and uh, Philip Jensen talk about, are matters of good judgment. So matters of good judgment are a little bit more tricky. The Bible's not uh, clear like they are in matters of righteousness. So uh, it's these decisions where we need to go and get good advice, where we need to get good advice of good Christian friends, of course, weighing it up against Scripture. That's wisdom. And that's what teachability is about as well, seeking good advice, listening to others, weighing it up against Scripture. The second thing we need to bear in mind here as we turn our ear to wisdom and listen to sound advice, and, and perhaps this goes without saying, is that we ought, to seek, um, well, we ought to seek good advice, but that's advice that, that's not just advice that I want to hear. Understand? I, you know, I'm trying to decide whether I should spend, oh, spend a fair bit of money on that car. You know? well, well, don't go and talk to your mate who's just done that. Um, get, some, get, get some other advice. Uh, ask around. Take on the advice of those who are more experienced to you. you. You're struggling about sending your kids to private school or not. Okay, Going through those sort, of, those sort of questions. Well, don't just talk to the parents of private school kids. Uh, talk to other people as well. Uh, talk to other parents. Go to someone that's different than you. In, uh, in high school, I went, to one of those, uh, I went to one of those expensive private schools. My parents, mum and dad, worked very hard um, and sacrificed a great deal so I could go. I'm very thankful for that. Uh, it was a good education. It was good. Um, uh, but once a year, I, I don't think for many years, they were not very wise. Let me tell you why. See, this school is one of those schools where um, part of the uniform was wearing this ridiculous hard straw hat called a boater. Right? In fact, the best thing about the boaters were that they were a weapon. If you didn't like someone, they threw it and they threw, They really flew like a frisbee. And you could, if you put a lot of lacquer on them, these things would weigh about 20 kilograms. Um, so, but they were very uncomfortable, very hot. And really, all the students hated wearing them. But each year, at the end of each year, in their wisdom, the school would ask the outgoing Year 12s, who have just worn this stupid thing for six years... <laughs> Should they change the uniform and remove the boaters from the uniform? Can you imagine what the year 12 has said? Fat chance. No way. We put it up with it for six years. So can these guys. They, not, overwhelming every year. They voted against the change. Good wisdom is seeking wide, broad advice, not just those you want to hear. Of course, this school loved their tradition. They didn't want to change. They knew the answer would be keep the boater. Turn your ear to wisdom, seek sound advice, not just people who agree with you, not just what you want to hear. God says there's a reason that he saved a lot of us, because you do less dumb things when you talk to each other. All right, third, well, we ought to pray. We call out for insight. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 3. Pray for understanding God's word and then apply it to our lives. That's what we're praying for. Pray for wisdom, that you'll make decisions that will help you to be more like Jesus. That's what we pray for when we pray. Pray for things that you already know are God's will. We've come across them a lot, a fair bit already. Trust and obedience. Pray for gospel conversations. That you'll talk to someone about Jesus this week who doesn't know Jesus. 
Pray that you'll seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Pray for us, Jesus said. If you're not sure, sure where to start, pray through the Lord's Prayer. Pray through that. So, study the scriptures, listen to good advice and pray. Then you understand what is right and just and fair, every good path, the way of the wise. Three ways to get wisdom. Well, as we do this, Proverbs 16 helps us to practically take three steps in making decisions. I said three steps, but I'm not really sure they are. The more I think about it, I think this is actually not the right way to go about it. But that's okay. Three points. How's that? That'll work. Proverbs 16, verses 1 to 3. Again, really helpful to have them open in your Bible as well. Uh, Proverbs 16. Flip a few more pages over. It says, To a man belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. So three steps to take. Uh, steps? Well, we'll see. I don't know. You be the judge. In decision making, we ought to plan well. That's the first thing we're told here. As we think about those three ways to get wisdom, uh, reading our Bible, sound advice and prayer, uh, we, we, ought to, we ought to plan well. It's a, it's a good thing. Uh, Proverbs 16.1. But if we go to Proverbs 21 verse 5, it says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Poverty. So diligence in planning. So we think clearly. Weigh up the alternatives. We're not rushing. We don't want to rush in. That more often than not leads to foolishness. When I was coaching rugby, um, I used to talk about the five Ps. So prior preparation prevents poor performance. <coughs> there you go. Uh, prior preparation prevents poor performance. We've got to plan well. Proverbs 24, verse 27 says, Plan your outdoor work in order to get your fields ready. After that, build your house. What's it saying? Earn money. Earn money before you pay for the house, before you build your house. Uh, don't spend money you don't have, in other words. There's wisdom there. Good wisdom, isn't it? Uh, I read somewhere that Australia has the highest, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're up there, we've got the highest amount of um, personal debt or household debt in the world. Wow. We like spending money before we've got it. But the Bible says here, no, no, no. Don't spend money before you've got it. That's wisdom. Plan well, be diligent, but not obsessive. So if you flick back to chapter 16, verse 1, which hopefully is in front of you, look at the second half of it. But from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. In other words, God, God makes things happen. The point is that over-planning, obsessing with planning, that ignores the fact that God is in control anyway. God's the one in control. God's the one who makes things happen. There's a bit of a, a biblical uh, paradox in planning, isn't there? See, so look, at, look at chapter 16, verse 9. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. See the paradox? Uh, 21, verse 31. The horse is made ready for battle, the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. See, there's two truths going on. Well, we ought to make plans and be diligent as we make our plans and decision making. But we mustn't forget, we must remember that God is the one who's in control. And God is the one who's sovereign, he's king over everything. Success and failure ultimately rest with him. He's the one who gives us good things. He's the one who controls the outcome of all things. So what, 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 we'll go back to Proverbs 3. We trust in the Lord. 
That's what we ought to do. We trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. So we plan well. We check our motives. Back to 16 verse 2. All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. We need to ask ourselves some questions, don't we, when we make decisions. What's driving your decisions? What do you want to get out of it? And why? Check your motives. Be honest with yourself. Proverbs 12, verse 15 says, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Often our motives seem right to us at the time. And they do. And we can even persuade ourselves, can't we, when we're making decisions. There's um, a funny phrase that an English friend of mine uh, taught me. Um, he called it the streaker's excuse. You know what a streaker is? So a streaker going to the football and they get their kid off and they run on the field and they get a $10,000 fine. Um, that's a streaker. Um, and so... Um, the streaker's excuse is, uh, well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Um, <laughs> I thought it was very really funny. Yes, that seems, what a great idea. I'd take my gear off and run on the field. No, not a good idea. Uh, see, the wise listen to advice. Their good counsel uh, questions our motives. And the result is wisdom. And of course, sometimes we delude ourselves and the results are much more serious, aren't they? When we think about our motives. And 16 verse 25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end leads to death. Poor judgment often compounds. gets worse and worse. Those seemingly insignificant decisions can lead to something much worse. If we go back to chapter 5. Chapter 5 warns the reader of adultery. See, adultery never, it never happens out of nothing. Uh, first, there might be the innocent lunch or, or the coffee. Maybe even before that, there, there's the thought that enters your mind. It never comes out of nowhere. Proverbs 5 uh, says, um, don't walk down her path. You can see 5 verse 8 up on the screen there. Uh, Keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house, it's the adulteress. But I'll be happier, we might say to ourselves, I'll be happier on that path. It seems right to me. Ah, marriage is struggling a bit. And our wisdom says, check your motives. Check your motives. And wisdom says, pursue righteousness. Proverbs 21, verses 1 to 3. In the Lord's hand, the king's heart is a stream of water, and he channels toward all who please him. A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. To do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. If you're ever wondering what decision to make, if you're ever wondering what way to go, this is a tough decision. What do I do? Which way do I go? Well, God's word says pursue righteousness. Do what is right and just. See verse 3. And as Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So should we move and buy a bigger house? Maybe. But pursue righteousness. Pursue righteousness. Should I take that new job, uh, that, that promotion? That's going to mean, might mean less hours at home. 
um, more money. I can give more to the church. Uh, <laughs> pursue righteousness. Work it out. Pursue righteousness. What is right and just? What about thinking about church? Where do I serve? Where do I fit in here? Well, uh, should I come this week? Uh, pursue righteousness. Pursue righteousness. A drink after work with a work colleague. Uh, just the two of you. I'm thinking here, someone of the opposite sex. Well, it's a decision we need to make. Seems harmless. Pursue righteousness. Think about your decisions. Pursue righteousness. Finally, step three. Again, not sure the steps are really making sense, but point number three. You, you know what I'm saying. Uh, commit to the Lord. Back to Proverbs 16 again. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. So you've planned well. You've checked your motives. And now commit it to the Lord. Rest on him. Trust in his sovereignty. Knowing that in the end you're not in charge. God is in charge. Colossians 3 sums it up well. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. See, sometimes we can be hesitant about making a decision. We can be paralysed even. But if we're in the word of God, we've talked to our Christian friends, we've got good advice, we've prayed about it, and the Bible says, go for it. Go for it. Have a go. Make a decision. Have a go. Uh, another great book. Here we go. This one here. Um, this one's not for sale, but I'm sure if you ask really nicely, Brooke can get it for you um, at Anglicare, but also you can get it through Kurong too. This is shorter. I read this in a day, and I'm not a very good, very fast reader. It's a great little book, fantastic little book. Uh, Kevin DeYoung's big point is, he's an American guy, um, writes really good stuff. Uh, he just says, just do something. You know, if you've checked your motives, you've planned well, you've committed it to the Lord, then just do something. Make a decision, do something. Uh, take a risk even. Take a risk. If you're doing those things and you're being transformed to be more like Jesus, well, you're doing the will of God. Friends, I want to say be ambitious for Jesus in your decisions. Be ambitious for Jesus. Stop being so safe. Be ambitious for Jesus. And if it doesn't work out, well, you haven't missed out on God's will. God doesn't promise life to be a bed of roses and smiles and lollipops. Um, he doesn't promise that at all. God is in control. Keep trusting him. Seek first his kingdom. He is a good God who loves you. And he even sent his son to die for you and for all the bad decisions that we've made. <laughs> Why don't I pray and uh, give you a moment or two to... Uh, think and maybe you've got a comment to make or a question um, and uh, we'll see where that takes us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you don't leave us uh, floundering around in the darkness when it comes to decisions, when it comes to your will. And we pray that in all things we will be transformed to be more like Jesus. And Lord, that will shape our decision making. And Lord, help us to have confidence in you in that. Lord, I pray that you would help me to be more ambitious for Jesus. And I pray that you would be uh, helping this church here do the same. Um, Lord, help us not to be so safe when it comes to following you, but uh, make decisions that are 
that, are, that completely trust in you, that seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. Pray that you'd help us with that. Help us be bold, not ashamed. Uh, sometimes that's going to be hard and sometimes that's going to, that's going to be, we'll be worse off because of it. But Lord, we pray that, we, we thank you that you are in control and that, uh, uh, that we can trust you in everything. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty and powerful name. Amen. Okay, so, give you a moment or two. These are good books. You should buy them. You should own it. Not just borrow mine. You should own them. You can borrow mine if you want to. Okay, any, uh, any questions or comments? Don't forget to use the comment cards. I say the same thing every week. We haven't had a comment card since I got back from holidays. That, that brings me such sadness. <laughs> um, any questions, comments? Thanks, Carolyn. I think the idea of seeking righteousness is a really good way to avoid the whole magic dot of God's will. Yep. Yep, no, great, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's freeing, isn't it? I'm glad you used that word. It's a great freedom to know that. Seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Seek righteousness. Um, pursue righteousness. You know, I, I, what time is it? Oh, we're right. Um, <laughs> I once got, went, to a, went to an interview. This is sort of um, a bit off the track, but a help, helpful while you think of another comment to make um, or a question. Uh, I went to a job interview. This is before I went to Bible college. It was up the north coast um, at, a, at a Christian school. And they all sat around, um, and uh, there was this interview. It was quite intense, really. Uh, they, there was about 12 people interviewing me, all around tables, like a big horseshoe, and then there was one chair in the middle. That was for me. Anyway, <laughs> so you imagine that sort of scene. So they, are, they asked me, well, how do you know it's God's will for you to be here and get this job? And I said to them, oh, mate, if you give me the job and I accept it, then yes, it's God's will. Um, I got the job. Anyway, uh, yeah. Okay, any other questions or comments? Okay, excellent. I think we are going to sing a song.